ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 78. I am Andre. And I'm Chris. Dude, it's been um, one of those, it's only Tuesday, I keep forgetting that, and I always say it's been one of those weeks, but... Every is, week is one of those weeks lately, <laughs> for yeah. like the last year and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just like, that's that COVID life at this point, like we are just so into it, every moment of every day has its own level of exhaustion and stress associated with it, just surviving uh in these perilous times i guess i don't know <laughs> it's it's bananas man i'm but i'm glad that we get to um you know do this every week it it's pretty fun for me and um i'm glad you're caught up dude but anyway we'll get into that later <laughs> sure why not <laughs> but let's let's uh let's get into some pop culture <laughs> so uh one of our favorite podcasts uh and just general people i think in the media bomani jones uh announced this last week that yeah if bomani if you're listening because i know you are uh you have all the time in the world on your hands <laughs> to sit around and listen to the chris and andre show uh but we are big fans and we are super excited about his new show uh i think it's game time on hbo yeah. he has kind of pitched it as a john stewart um john oliver-esque like daily show type show but on sports and I think so, that's gonna be dope. Yeah, I agree. Like, I am very excited for him. You know, he had a show, uh, High Noon, with Pablo Torre on ESPN that lasted for about a year, and then they pulled the plug on that. And as much as I love Bamani and I like Pablo, like in their dynamic, I thought was actually good. The show itself, I just don't think was like structured well for that time slot, for that audience in general. Right. Um, right. And he's talked about that, too, on the podcast, on his podcast, about, like, you know, just, just wasn't the right fit. And that's okay. Like, I got to do a show on ESPN. Like, how freaking cool is that? And yeah. so now, like, I just, I'm really excited to see where this goes. They've got some people from, um, like, the, what is it, the, not Bill Maher, um, but Bill Simmons. So he had his okay. HBO show. So a couple of people, like, showrunners and stuff from that have come over um, they've got a, a large crew that's helping him to kind of put this all together. So I think it could be really awesome. Um, it may force me to subscribe to HBO Max at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless somebody I know just wants to, like, throw it up on some, uh, you know, like. It may happen. I'm just saying. Like, it, it may happen. Yeah. It may happen. That's cool. I'll, I'll have to keep an saying. eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm excited for him. And I, you know, since we've started doing the video portion of this, not just the audio, but there's a lot that goes into production. There's a lot to go into planning. Um, and a lot of our conversations are ad hoc, but uh, we still have a little bit of a hey moment, or hey moments where we're kind of planning what we do and trying to think forward. So I can imagine um, the work going into that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to watch it because, dude, I've been trying not to mess around with TV too much lately. It's driving me crazy. So. Well, it's just funny because he was one of those guys where, like, I first heard him on the local radio in mm -hmm. Raleigh. 
you know, because like he started out on the radio there. And on the uh, what was the name of that or the sports channel? Uh, because it, it was before it was the fan, right? Before it went yeah. to ninety nine nine. Uh, back when I think it was still on AM radio. It was uh the Buzz, right? Eight fifty. The Buzz, the Buzz, eight fifty, the Buzz. Yep. Yep. And so, right. uh, th- yeah, I started listening to him there, and like just fell in love with his perspective on things, the way that he kind of approaches topics. Um, there's not, I mean, it's not that I necessarily agree with everything that he says, but I appreciate the way that he kind of approaches it. Um, I like one of my favorite things that he says is you don't get extra points for being first on this stuff (laughs) when it comes to like, you know, jumping down people's throats or like whether you're declaring somebody to be like the greatest of all time. He's like, it reminds me a little bit of you and just your like your perspective on things like, nah, man, like prove it. You know, like you had one good season. <laughs> yeah, you had two good seasons. All right, can you do it for ten years? Can you do it for fifteen years? Like show me yeah. that this isn't like a flash in the pan kind of thing. And I think like it's a very similar approach to what he takes. But um it's also interesting just as somebody who is a fervent sports fan and has had his ups and downs with NC State and Seattle and God San Diego. Um Really, like NC State probably should have been the cod NC State, but like San Diego, man. Now, then now they're like good, right? <laughs> Can't even with that. Maybe we'll get into that later with sports. <laughs> but I also appreciate the way that he approaches, or I guess like he overcame his addiction to his sports fandoms. Like he, as he always puts it, like I got off that narcotic. <laughs> it's like when it comes to the Braves, the Hawks, like the. Uh, the Falcons, like, because he was a big, and even the Texas Longhorns, like, he was saying, right. you know, he watched the game this weekend. Uh, it was like best best game of my lifetime in that rivalry that I've ever watched. And people were like, "Aren't you upset?" And he's like, "No, man, I stopped caring about Texas football years ago." <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think, to some degree, that's kind of where like I'm trying to get. I'm trying to keep like just a toe in, where it's like, you know, I can still be very excited when my team does win. And I'm sure he feels that way too, but. Um, yeah, I just, I'm very excited for him. Like, I wish that we had more kind of voices like that, I think in the sports world, especially because it seems like a lot of it now is just that carbon copy, like, oh, my dad was a sports guy, you know, and no offense to like Golik Jr. Cause he's okay, but he's not like amazing, you know, like, and I know like he played football at Notre Dame. And so it's not like he's completely unfamiliar with it, but it's just. I'll be honest, know. Notre Dame football is not like everybody else's football. No, like, it's not. <laughs> so let's just start with that. Yeah. Um, and let's not talk about Notre Dame football. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan anyways. Like, of the three times I think NC State has played them, we've beaten them twice, and that's all I really care about. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, they were they were a powerhouse, but then when I started like really looking into it, I'm like, they're not really a powerhouse. <laughs> so, like, anyway. Uh, so what's I, I saw you you mentioned something about the Amazon Prime show in Carolina Beach. Oh yeah, so like literally on my way over to the office to record tonight, um, they are filming the show. What is the name of it? It's uh, summer. The summer I turned pretty. Um, so this is a show actually about my life this summer when I moved down to Carolina Beach, uh, and I blossomed into a beautiful. A uh, young man. No, this is obviously not. Um, I have no idea what the show is about. I've never heard of it before, but there have been signs up 
in Carolina Beach for like a week now, basically saying like expect delays filming Tuesday. And so tonight they have several streets in downtown that are shut down. That's um, dope. They have like this big lot that's uh, was supposed to be the future site of a Harris Teeter. It is now just an open lot that they're looking at putting in one of those like mixed use developments in over there. But they use that for all their staging. They have all of the the trucks and catering and stuff like that set up over there right now. So, so, so that's dope. But side topic: remember the art, the uh, video I sent you about uh, the cookie cutter mixed use buildings? Yeah, wasn't that scary? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I do like them, but it's like everything else, right? I think, and we've talked about this before, outside of just like construction. But when you set a regulation and say this is what you have to meet, then what you're ultimately kind of, and, and it shouldn't be this way, but what you ultimately invite is the loopholes, the workarounds, the the cheating, what the code is meant to right to prevent, right? And you know, I, we can get into arguments all day long about whether or not building codes are, uh, and restrictions are, are right in certain areas, but... Or relevant. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what do you mean relevant? You feel like we shouldn't have building codes? No, I, see, I think some of the building codes are not relevant. So, uh, for example, one of my biggest pet peeves is fire blocking, right? Okay, yeah. I've never, like, I understand the science behind it, but the practicality of it doesn't really help. So, like, <laughs> firewalls like, and stuff like that? No, like, fire blocking. So, in between, like, certain at a certain height of a wall, you'll put, like, two-by-fours to kind of cut the airflow off, right? Ah, uh, okay. So, um... Right, so that the air doesn't travel up through the inside of the walls to the... To the, to the next floor. Additional floors. Right. right. Now... If you that live sounds, on the top floor, man, F you. You're, yeah, it's, is Andre's it's just, opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, but if you think about it, in the, for most walls, you'll actually stack the floor on top of another floor, right? So you're going to have that same preventative like step in the band of the house. So I get it. Does it slow it down a little bit? I don't know. It's, that's debatable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not it, a firefighter. It, I don't play one on yeah. TV. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> and there's there's like a lot of things that I remember doing when I was a carpenter. I'm like, does this even help? You know, like uh, yeah, uh, joist braces. Like, come on, like this little piece of aluminum is not going to do much. It's but like, <laughs> it actually, I mean, like in the end, because you, of the way that they're constructed and the way that the nails go into it it does provide additional support yeah i right totally get i totally get that yeah. but then you fast forward and they start doing like most floor systems are uh compressed wood and all this other crap looks like a piece of plywood yeah and a one by eight on the top of it i'm like that doesn't seem like it's going to do much of anything well i mean that was like the house that you know we bought down here the guy that was living in it before had done some updates to it and had done some work like they you know when they originally built the house they did that stupid thing where they installed the floor grates the vents for the heating and air underneath the vanities in the bathrooms right because what does that do just trap a whole bunch of lovely moisture underneath there and eventually mold and rot the floor and so in both the master and uh hallway bath he had to remove the vanities 
pull the floor up completely and replace the subfloor, right? Because it had been completely de destroyed. When he replaced it, he used that compressed board. Like, yeah. at, instead of using actual plywood. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, so, like, the joists were so, fine, but the actual subfloor itself, oh. instead of using the... Com he used, like, the, the really crappy, like, compressed wood stuff as oh, opposed yeah. to stuff using, like, actual... Break. Yeah, exactly. The, the stuff that gets wet and immediately turns to cardboard. Like, yeah, because yeah, that's what I want my vanity sitting on top of, like... <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. But, I mean, you know, like, I look... I know that I did stuff like that when I was working on my house early on when I didn't know any better, you know, but at this at this point in time, though, I feel like you have so many resources available to you online to be able to say, like, what type Don't, of wood should I no. use for replacing my subfloor? My new crack on Monday nights is uh, on HGTV called I Help I Ruin My House. Oh, my. wait, <laughs> who hosts that? It's a uh, it's a woman out in California. She's amazing. I, I don't let me look up her name. Yeah, um, I think I know because I mean, Jasmine something. Or yes, another. Jasmine. She's wonderful. Sorry, yeah, I love Jasmine. I, it, yeah, she's amazing. Like, and just the way that she's super insightful. Um, yeah. So yep, she was on the um, the HGTV show where they build the houses. They have like the four houses that are side by side, or the three houses side by side, and they all compete to see who can add the most okay. value to them. It's like build the block or something like that. Um, she was on the first season and she put a swimming pool in the backyard and ended up winning. Um, I hate swimming pools. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would never. Helena was asking me the other day. She was like, can we get a swimming pool? And I'm like, no, we will never have a swimming pool. <laughs> it's like, what you need to do is make friends with somebody whose parents have a swimming pool. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, that is a dope show. And But I, I will say this. People, there are some things you have to know your limits. And. Um, that show is, it just reminds me of like, yeah, you, you may have not, you've never done this before and now is not the time to experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's so. like, uh, you know, you know, Mike Holmes, like Holmes on yeah. Holmes, Holmes inspection. Yeah. He's one of my favorites, like the, the make it right guy. Cause he always comes right. in and is like, I can't believe they did this. He finds like one faulty outlet and he's like, we got to check the whole electrical system in this whole house. Like, <laughs> I love it, and but I'm sure like he's lost his ass on a number of those projects. Here <laughs> <and there. laughs> the show producers are like, Mike, you have to stop. Like he's like, no, I can't. I gotta fix it. <laughs> My mom had a friend um, that um, they built their house. He was a GC on it, so he got his license just so he could actually save some money and um, build his own house. Yeah. And I may have told you this before, but uh, I'm walking in the basement and I hit my head on the the right on the stairs that were above me. I'm like, yeah, this is wrong. He goes, you think that's off? I'm like, yeah, I'm six one. I'm not like eight feet tall. Like, yeah. I shouldn't. I should not that's, hit my head that is right here. Not the way it should be. <laughs> so there are some things you just got like you're not saving money, man. It's, you're just not. I know you think you are, but you're not saving money. So. Um, Anyway, I was um, I, I I saw something in the news about this couch guy thing, right? I have no I idea wish... what this is, by the way, like because I that's I'm you know I'm so out of it. I haven't cycled all the way through where my kid's gone off to college and now I'm with it again, like you are. So, <laughs> so some some girl goes to see her boyfriend in college, right? So she walks into an apartment, I guess, 
And um, she's got her suitcase and everything. And he's like chilling on the couch with like two other girls. And that was the video. But everybody on the internet is like, oh, but this girl, she had his phone and she slid it to him on the sly. And, oh, he wasn't happy to see her. And all these other like you know, just speculative things. I'm like, mind your business, first of all. Second of all, why do people put their personal life on social media? Okay. Like, do you think that was a real video? Um, do I don't know and I don't staged? care. Because I've seen about well, actually, I think it. I think it was at this point. I think it may have been staged yeah. because uh, my wife was showing me this video of Pauly D. Uh, so apparently his girlfriend, it says that the caption says, going to see my man before his next set, right? Yep. Oh, maybe they were making fun of that video. So that's like, it. there's this whole, it's a <laughs> stupid trend right now, right? Where like, and this is what happens. It drives me absolutely crazy the way that they do this. Like one thing comes out and then everybody starts producing their own version of it. Yeah. And, and so I, then you never know what the original is. You never know what they're making fun of, like what this is in reference to. But then you kind of get it because you've seen so many of these like replica videos of it. This is I, I swear, like because I have for like the last two or three days, I've been seeing those videos, like so many of them on Instagram and YouTube and like. Well, you just messed up my whole thing because oh, as, I'm, I'm, really as I'm telling the story about what my wife's showing, like, yo, that was, I knew that was stage because you can tell by where the camera picks up. Right. So perfectly Who records that? the person. Right. <laughs> I went to go see my boyfriend and I brought a random camera person with me. Right. It's not like it's her holding the phone walking in. She's like, oh, come on. We're going to surprise him. Surprise. It's me and a camera. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're here with other women? Oh my gosh. Like I saw one where like the girl shows up at college and she knocks on the door and like the boyfriend comes out and like gives her this big hug and like spins her around so her backs to the door and then this other dude walks out. <laughs> There've been a bunch of gay ones, like a bunch of like, oh, your boyfriend's gay at college now, kind of things, which is that's crazy in and of itself. Oh, that like, makes a lot of sense now. I haven't like she showed me one of uh, this uh, going to see my work husband at work on, on my day off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, see, that's how like, little I hear that, and I'm like, all right, that sounds kind of funny. Like that parody of this video, I actually find amusing. The rest of these, I'm just like, gosh, stop it! I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and, she, and this one, this this dude sitting with another dude like on his lap, and the other dude just runs away. I'm like, when you say these, like, oh, yeah, gosh. yeah, social media sucks, right? Like this fun. is a whole thing, though. You can't even, you don't even know what's real and what is the parody of the real thing that you're now watching, right? If you're not in at that very – and this is what creates that whole feeling of FOMO, I think. Like this right. fear of missing out where it's like, oh, if I'm not online all the time, I'm not going to be part of the trend and I'm not going to know what's going on. And my friend's going to say, oh, my gosh, did you see this video? And I'm going to have to pretend like I did because if I say no, what kind of loser am I? Or you just say no. Right. I no, I know. I mean like I would say no. But that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like that's the – you know, and then we get this whole pretender syndrome and – I yeah. don't know. It is. It's crazy. It's, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's like this is the world that we live in these days. Um, 
you know, and then you got guys like Dave Chappelle that are out here just picking fights with everybody and, you know, getting <laughs> getting the Internet all up in a tizzy. Yo, getting when people his fired came- from Netflix <laughs> like, whoo, oh boy, when. When his special came out, I watched it the same day, right? And I, I and to be clear, because I you know you know this, but for the audience, like I have not watched the Dave Chappelle sh- special yet, so that's probably on my it, list tonight. Um, it is it is amazingly good from start to finish. I laughed so hard, my wife was like, "Would you shut up?" I'm like, "I cannot shut up because he's funny, right?" Um, now. I text you. I was like, "Yo, you gotta watch this." Yeah, I was watching it like in between like laugh cry breaks. I was like, and texting. Yo, you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like sitting here, like going, "Yo, this is brilliant." So that was like what Saturday, Sunday? No, it was Sunday, right? Yep, it sounds right. So Monday night, freaking Don Lemon, it's on the. It's like the last segment of his show. Yeah. Right. And I did watch uh, that. I watched the video that you sent me with the of the Don Lemon having the different guests and stuff like that on there. I just thought, I'll be honest, I personally think Chappelle is a comedic genius. He is a voice of our generation, period. Because he's he's figured out a way to force people to have the conversations that we typically don't have. In every single one of his his specials since he came like he's hit Netflix have been so on point, right? Um, and I'm not, I, I will say this. So I was watching the special. There was like these two women in the in the audience and they were, and I don't know if it was just good camera work and the cameraman just happened to notice that they weren't engaging or anything. They never laughed at one point. Um, but I just thought it was hilarious. And that actually showed up like somewhere else I was watching. But <laughs> it, it was amazing to see uh uh, Don Lemon's take on this. And I just thought it was, it, it's so misplaced. I, I think, and I'm not, well, obviously, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gay. I, I don't know, I only know one person that's trans. I don't know if that's the argument I want to have, basically. I, if I'm if I'm in the trans community, I don't know if that's the argument I want to have. What do you mean that that's the argument you want to have? For those people who haven't seen the Chappelle show, right? Oh, okay. So, all right, so, Dave Chappelle has, from his first special into the end, the first special, he made a, a comment about the LGBTQ, and I'm I'm missing a couple letters, community. AI. And, or AI. IA. IA, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> and I remember going to work at uh, D... E-area. E-area. D-area. <laughs> area (laughs) and i was like laughing about it and there was two people particularly got pissed at me for laughing about it i'm like i thought it was funny well how can he say this about trans people i'm like he wasn't making fun of them he was making fun of situations he's been in around people that are trans so i can't be in uh in a situation to make fun of it right like, how does that make sense? How does that make me insensitive? So apparently there was a lot of heat about it. That was what, two, 2015? Yeah, that was a while ago. So, so we go, yeah, so we go six years, and apparently they're very, un, that community is very unforgiving. Dave Chappelle doesn't understand the trans experience. And the whole story he tells about 
this lady he met who actually he paid a little bit of um uh like at the end of his last special she was in the credits and he made it a point to tell her story and i was like yo that's dope right i have one i only know one trans person i haven't spoken to her in years right but i can tell you that from her experience i get and i can relate to how dave Chappelle kind of he may have had his not speaking for him, but he may have had his, his thoughts about that community, but meeting somebody and doing life with them probably changed it. Like, right. like it changed my, yeah. my perspective. Um, and at the end of that special, he like, you know, showed a picture of her. It was, it was dope. And I'm like, all right, maybe we're done. No, <laughs> the trans community wants to keep going at Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, well, for what? And so he, he starts his special out. Then in the, I'd say about a halfway, halfway through, he starts talking about, you know, all right, this is it guys. No more jokes on the trans community. I just want you to hear my side of the story. Then he goes on and talks about his friend that later killed herself. And that was after she stuck up for him. Mm -hmm. And he's not placing blame on, you know, it's just very coincidental that there's a lot of hate going out and this lady kills herself. He takes up the mantle to, you know, put a scholarship together for her daughter and try to do the right thing. And I thought that everything he said was dope and it was beautiful. And I was like, yo, I rock with that. Now, I probably didn't do a very good job of giving like the summary. But uh, when you go to you fast forward, fast forward to Don Lemon's guest, the one the lady flame was the only person I agreed with. She said, as a comedian, as a black person, as a trans person as a trans woman, I mean, he made good jokes. I mean, like then she also said, you know, where was the trans community when this, you know, he gave her a shot. Nobody in our community did. Right. And I was like, enough said, yo, like, yeah, let's keep, that was the thing that really stood out from that interview, that specific guest, when she was talking about the, the trans woman that he allowed to open for him. I shouldn't say, but gave the opportunity to open for him. And it's not like, you know, that's not, a significant that's not something that everybody gets the chance to do right right and if he was such an enemy of that community would he have done something of that and i think you know like it's i do i do agree that when it comes to comedy you know like comedians are more likely to say stuff that you wouldn't say you know like in general conversation but because it's done in a joking manner like it's it's I don't know it's like this this frankness that we uh, that we tend to avoid otherwise, right? In a lot of other social yeah. situations. Um, well, most people I don't. Yeah, most people. <laughs> I will say, like the when the first couple of Netflix specials hit back in 2015, and I got to the portion of the show where he started kind of ragging on bisexuals and other like parts of the LGBTQ community um include you know including the trans community i did not particularly find that funny like that for me personally i didn't watch it and go well i'm never watching dave Chappelle again but me personally <laughs> i was kind of like ah come on dave like i think you can do better than that you know like it seemed to me they seem like easy jabs at a community that has taken a lot already and you know, not to say that I like I'm, Dave needs to live up to my expectations. I just kind of was like, I think Dave Chappelle can write better 
content than that. Now, again, I have not watched the news special yet. And right. from what you've described, it doesn't sound as much as it's like jokes as it is explaining a situation. I've I've seen bits and pieces. I don't really want to talk about any of that specifically just because I don't have the context of the rest of the special, right, to be able to see it. And so I know there's a stuff where he's talking about turfs and he's like, I'm a turf. You know, and but I don't know if that's done in like a semi joking manner or, you know, what what the rest of the context is around that. Well, I, I look at Dave Chappelle. As, so here's my journey with Dave Chappelle. When the Chappelle show is on, my kids used to watch it, the older, the older two boys. And I watched one episode and I that was it. I was like, yo, you're selling out. Right. You sold us out for some change and. I just can't rock with you. Mm-hmm. I used to not like Chris Rock for some of the same reasons. Yeah. Um, but as, you know, when he, he left, and I was like, well, that's weird. When he came back and explained why he left, I was like, yo, I respect that, right? So everybody has the opportunity to change, right? Um, and I think with his, and I, I think the thing that people struggle with, uh, and, and I'm going to make a generalization, but tell me if I'm right or wrong, Okay. I think for for white people, the first thing you hear when he goes down that road of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. is the they're not a target. Like, but I can also tell you in that same special, he made a very good point. It's not the same as the civil rights movement, and that was the underlying theme that a lot of from people I've talked to, a lot of non-whites, have said that was the point I really click with. Sure, but my white friends and my white people like it's like those aren't the same argument like if you listen to the whole set right if you listen to where he started where he ended that's not what they land on right that's not the thing that the white folks pick up on right right right, right. yeah yeah and i I mean i think that makes a ton of sense right like as a white person i've never had to go through any sort of civil rights like you know fight uh you know i've never had my civil rights taken away from me or or had to had to do anything really in order to to exercise them, um, and I do think that it, you're you're right that it's not it's not the same, right? Like trans people have you know the ability to vote, they have the right to to you know go out in public and and all this. It's not the same as like segregation and civil rights and all of those. Um, I think it's a different fight, right? And I think it is a a it is. Like, I don't want to say that it's any less or more. It's important. Right? It's, it's a, super, yeah, exactly. It's important. Like it's an important battle that is that is going on right now. But yeah, I think the point shouldn't be comparing and contrasting the different struggles that we've all had to go through, right? And and determining which one's better, which one was worse, which one was harder, which one's easier. It's more about understanding and respecting the fact that if you're not a white cisgender male you've more than likely had to deal with some level of, you know, like, but can we, can we, can we stop with that crap though? I, I think that I mean, label makes can. the whole, which, which label? Yeah. <laughs> the white cisgender male. Yeah. I think that, I think that is, and, and I'm saying this from a point of like, I, you know, I love you, but it's just like, yeah, but that's not the, do I need to add Christian or like, is it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying. No, I think yeah, I, th- I mean I think I do, but 
Yeah, because I, I think sometimes that's where people, it's like, look, I don't need you to, I, I don't think any marginalized group needs you to recognize that the, the cards are probably not stacked against you, right? Sure. Can't we just, can't we just agree that, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong? Yes. And I think that's where, I think they're like, at at the time of that first special, that was a lot of the press. It was a lot of the it, predominantly white LGBTQIA members that were saying this is like the civil rights movement, and you got a bunch of black people going, "No, it ain't." Right. Like you got to stop saying that. Like there was yes, homosexuality has been part of our our human experience for a long time. Sure. But I can almost guarantee you. You didn't raise up generations of slaves. And that's, I think, right, like that's, and, and, that almost gets into like a almost cultural appropriation, right? Where it's like, right. oh, my struggle is the same as yours, right? Even though they're not, they're not that your struggle is any easier, right? Or harder or, you know, like that you aren't fighting for similar things, right? Or some of the same things that were fought for in civil rights. Right. But ultimately, it's not the same struggle. And we, again, like, I just think we, to some degree, like we have to get away from constantly wanting to compare and contrast the the blights or the the struggles of different human you know groups of humanity like you know it's 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 not about like oh well you you know you because again like that's not it's not to say that like the black community is saying like oh you know you're full of shit like you've got it super easy but it's more just like you guys don't have to make it seem like it's on that same level i think those of us who who understand the difference between right and wrong right want you to have equal rights i mean like people should just have rights like that's what rights are yeah, about was, right no matter yeah, what group to... you're part of or how you yeah, identify treat, yeah. like ultimately there's nothing that should should disqualify you from having the same rights as every other American and it, and it's not an oversimplification of the problem, but it's like, look, you can't say Martin Luther King was fighting for gay rights because he wasn't right, and that was a that was a lot of the conversation where it's like, look, guys, I love you, but the the two things are not the same, and it's, because even with even within your own community, like some of you are racist, <laughs> so it's right. like. <laughs> it's like well, so, so that was one of the interesting things I thought about the first guest that was in that video that you sent me from Don Lemon, where she right. was talking about you know she was not in favor of Dave, she was not supportive of of Chappelle and his in his special, in large part because she felt like he was, and again this is with me not having seen it, so I'm not saying that she's right or wrong on this part, but her comment was that he was basically ascribing the LGBTQ experience to white people. And not necessarily taking into consideration the, that there is a large portion of that community that is not white, right? So, but that's and again, that's I don't know like, if that's if that's yeah, but that's, accurate, but, but that's kind of what she did. And I, I here's what I, I keep going back to. I remember the uh, first women's march, especially when um, uh, Trump was elected, yeah. right? With the and pink hats, right? I, yeah, pink hats and, you know, everybody for the most part was blonde hair, blue eyed. I'm like, yeah, but you're not worried about other women? Please don't tell me that the that your first world female problems are the same as somebody that's non-white. Please don't tell me. Don't, don't sit here and tell me that. Like, unless you're trying to help other women 
like have an equal playing field, your argument's stupid to me. Sure. And and I I guess I am a feminist, but I'm not like a. I'm not an American feminist, right? So our my daughter talks to me a lot about this, right? Because she she gets really sick of the of the feminist movement. She's like, yeah, but dad, in the Middle East, women can't go to school; they can't drive a car, and we're we have women over here complaining about. And she goes, pretty much white women complaining that you know eighty thousand dollars a year isn't enough for me, but not one of them have ever you know turned around to help the woman that's you know got you know like barely making on $26,000 a year. Right. So I know that's a, that's a rough assessment. And again, not a woman. I can tell you as a person, you know, that doesn't have the same hand dealt to them like everybody else for, or a good majority of people in this country. Yeah. You got to focus on the main thing. You can't be focused on the dumb shit. And I think a lot of that argument, the, the first guess was like, first of all, you can't, until, unless you can tell me that your community that you that you have a membership of that you hold so dearly is just as welcoming to you as you would like them to be aside from your race or, or including your race right. then I don't want to hear it I'm no just... and I mean like I think that the trans community and the LGBTQIA community has its own issues to deal with in that regard right I right mean, like they're getting ready to basically drop the L from LGBTQIA. Really? Well, because, and this is where, like, I think a lot of this stuff starts kind of boiling up, right? This, this talk about TERFs, right? Um, so, basically, there's, there is a, a, a group, I mean, there's a, there's a percentage of straight, you know, cisgender women who feel like the trans community, specifically males who are converting to female, trans women, are co-opting like the rights of women or like the, what it means to be a woman S from a like sex, you know, not like intercourse, but from like the sexes standpoint. And I think more to the point, it's like, I mean, like, look, I have struggled to understand this at times, right? Like, this is not something that I want to pretend like I'm some sort of expert on this. I, my opinion is constantly evolving as I get new information about this. But I think there, there, there is. But you see my point? Yeah, I do. Like, I'm, no, I'm I, sorry. I, do. Like, I'm just... <laughs> I understand exactly. But that's, yeah, like. I don't know, like to some degree, I see your point, but at the same time, it kind of feels like, well, you know, don't expect me to be nice to you if your neighbor isn't going to be nice to you. And it's like, that's well, not what I'm saying. Maybe my neighbor it's is like, just an yeah. asshole. Or, or maybe like, he, you know, those in glass houses, right? Sure. It could be just as, it could be just as simple as that. It's like, look, I'll, I respect what you're saying, but it, for example, the first guess, it's like, yeah, I hear you. But please don't ignore the fact of what he, what he's actually saying in the context, right? He was saying like basically, yeah, but they're racist also. Like, just as soon call you a nigger bitch as anybody else. Like, so that's that's basically what I'm saying. It's sure. like I I don't want to pretend like I I I can ignore that fact. I've met. I mean, look at the Tiger King is gay and racist. Yeah. So 
please don't tell me I there's mean, not they're more not ti- mutually exclusive. Like <laughs> right. So it's, it's so it's like he made the point of it's like look, and this and I agree with this and I believe this. It's like look, I don't want to take away from your experience. I don't want to ignore the things that you've gone through and struggled through, but on that we're on the same footing. But the one-upmanship that you're trying to perpetrate, the fact that for some reason your rights are they 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 don't they don't get diminished at, at you know on a daily you know daily, it doesn't happen with that community. Now the the oopsie moments like bathroom bills and things those those are few and far between, to be honest with you, and I always feel this way. It's like at the end of the day and. Take it for what it's worth. A person can hide their sexuality in plain sight. And it happens all the time. I can't hide not being white. Right. So let's just call a spade a spade in that, in that, in that area. And let's just say, okay, if these things are true, let's help each other to, you know, to be in a better situation for equal rights for everybody, not just for one group, or I don't want to fight for women's rights. I want to fight for rights for people. I don't want to fight for, you know, just black rights. I want people to be treated fairly in general. Yeah. Black lives don't matter. All lives matter. I would never say that. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Shit. It's not what I'm saying. I'm going to put me on some bullshit like that. Sorry. But you know what I'm saying. I but you know, know it's, what you're saying. But I had to. <laughs> that, that was that was pretty good. But uh, black people, I'm not saying that shit. That's my white brother over here. But I think Dave Chappelle is a. I will say, like, I didn't rock with him all the time. I think he's as you get older, you, just like you, you get new information, you, you see the world differently, yeah. right? Um, and I think he he does a good job. I think people they get stuck in their point and they miss the point. They want to. They want to have a dog in a fight, and they have cats. It's like, look, <laughs> that's not what he's saying to you. That's yeah. literally not what he's saying. <laughs> because he ended the special with saying, like, two. Th- he said it with two things. One, he's envious of, of the progress that community has with getting, you know, on the road to equality. And secondly, don't punch down on my people. Right. Every one of his specials has gone back to. Stop treating black people like shit. I mean, so, and that's his community, right? Like, that's who he's going to fight for. Hey, he's entitled to that. Yes, and I, I love, absolutely. I loved, I love Dave Chappelle. I think, um, and it's probably because I don't take a lot of stuff personally. I just think he, he does a good job of making people think and talk about things they probably don't want to think and talk about. Um, I was kind of disappointed with Don Lemon. I'm not sure if he was trying to bait people in his questioning. I'm like, like Flame did not take the bait. I thought that was dope. I thought that was like super, you know, I've never seen any of her, um, her comedy, but I respected her just for doing, you know, just from, and to be honest, the black community for the most part, kind of homophobic. So, I mean, and what, like as a community, we have a lot of work to do. So we can't expect like, and we don't talk about it, you know. So it's just Which those are probably, things. That, I mean, that's probably part of the problem, right? Like when we don't talk about these things, they persist and they fester and they grow, and 
instead of just addressing them and dealing with them as they come up, you know, like we end up in these awful situations. So, and I want to end. I want to end pop culture with this. Yeah, uh, Kim Kardashian was on uh, SNL. Speaking I swear she was people. in. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you she. This chick was trying to be in every 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 sketch, right? Yeah. The one that had me dying was um I don't was it her her open? Her, yeah, I think it was. And she says um her name was all all her name is Kim. Her mom almost named her Karen or something like that. And uh something about the letter K and she goes something I can't even I can't even do it. I messed the whole thing up, but she goes, I don't know why my mom didn't figure out Caitlyn. <laughs> so just, I'm like, yo, she put her whole family on blast and her open and her mom and her sister were there. So it was all in good jazz. Apparently she spoke to Kanye because she made some jokes about him. And I'm like, it made me gain a level of respect for her. Like she knew the jokes. People, Now hear me out. Well, I'm me listening. Out. I mean, I didn't take my headphones she, off. She knew the jokes people would make about her and her family. Sure. And she, and she did not run from them. And she kind of embraced them. And I'm like, you know, I can respect that. I mean, I agree with everything they do. And Look, you know. at the end of the day, like, I respect the hustle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, don't it's... respect. I don't, I, I don't hold them in the same level of regard that the rest of the, you know, pop culture world does. Oh, there. Yeah, right? I mean, like, I, that's what it boils down to. I just there is no cultural relevancy for me when it comes to Kim Kardashian. Like, I don't. There's like she slept with Brandy or Brandy's brother, and made Ray a, Yeah, well, that I, was, I know, but it's like <laughs> yeah, she made a joke about that too. It was hilarious. Yeah, you should watch it. It's on Hulu. No, but I mean, I, I know. I, like, I've seen the. I watched the weekend update because that's my only favorite part of that show. I just, I saw she was going to be on it, man. And I just, I don't know. Like I have a really hard time. It's one of those where I feel like I'm voting with my wallet by not endorsing the Kardashians in any way, shape or form. Like I've never sat down and watched any of their stuff on TV. I don't tune in when they're on stuff. I just, I am so anti those, that being like, you know, the normal. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, we're rich. That's why we're famous. So here's what I, here's what I would say. And I, I'm going to tell myself. So my kids gave me some crap in New York, right? Yeah. We were talking about something before breakfast. And I was like, um, I mentioned, I, I read an article about, um, what's uh, the kid? Justin Bieber, right? Yeah. The Biebs. And the Biebs. And he made a statement and he's basically like, since I, you know, I think he's a dad now or something like that. He got married. He's trying to like get his life together. And I made a point of saying it to my, you know, to my daughter and my youngest son. I'm like, I can respect that because, you know, he may have been wilding out for a little bit. Sure. But life changes. You have to adjust. And he's trying to adjust. Yo, they would not let me hear the end of that. They're like, yo, dad is dad's a Beaver fan. I'm like, I'm not like, right. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, for me and the way I've I, the way I've come through life, because I had to make some course corrections a lot of times um i had to make different decisions to not have different outcomes in my life i respect that i see you know game recognized game so i'm like yo that's not easy right yeah and i think one thing we don't do as a society and this is not a, a knock at you 
is we don't we don't do enough job we don't do a good enough job of recognizing that um we we write people off on the last like experience we have with them and i think that's not fair yeah um i had i got a you know I, I've had a lot of people, um, like just in, in my life where it's like some, I've had people commit suicide because the pressure is just so hard. And I always think to myself, like, yeah, why don't you call me or whatever, you know, or, and I think a lot, you know, I, I, that probably plays hand in hand with the fact that, or, or people I know that get locked up or they end up like just messed up on drugs. And it's like, nobody was there to like be that. Hey, I, I see what you're doing. I, I feel what you're doing, and, and I respect that. So part, that's part of who it's in my DNA, right? And I think it's it's incumbent on people and human beings to really like. We can't want the world to be a better place, but not take time to offer people that that place to retreat when they're trying to do something different. That's all. That was my one like thing. No, it was good. And no, and no, I'm not a Beaver fan. No, I know you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. All right, let's talk about social media. So there's just a couple of stories in the social media feed uh, today. So the first one I thought was just really interesting. Basically, there's this developer who created a newsfeed wiping app for people where it would essentially go in and just mass delete or unfriend and unfollow pages and, and friends for you. And you could basically wipe your newsfeed clean and start over. That's dope. Yeah. I, I'm honestly very interested in that feature myself. And <laughs> it turns out that Facebook's all like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Cease and desist, young man. We don't like the fact that you're allowing people to disengage from our platform. So they straight up banned this dude from the platform, from Facebook, uh, because he built this app for it. Um, so, I mean, it's just more of Facebook understanding, like, the only reason we're here is to sell ads. The only way we sell ads is if you pay attention. The only way you pay attention is if we make this thing addictive as crap. But they're going to get caught in their own Catch-22, just like Big Tobacco and any of those other groups where it's like at some point you have to admit that you are the morally bankrupt corporation that you actually are. You can't keep – like nobody will believe that behind all of this Mark Zuckerberg is really going, guys, we got to make this thing better for people. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first and only Mark Zuckerberg impression. <laughs> it was, it wasn't as good as I think Mikey Day from uh, SNL, but um, it made me laugh. I I I'm trying to think of a of a backdoor to that, but I, I guess there's none because you still have to hit their API to show the newsfeed. Right. Um, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising, right? Like the. To me, this they, just... they probably changed their their, their uh, developer agreement. Yes, I'm sure that, that they did. Um, and and really, what it does is it reinforces the fact that like when they introduced the newsfeed, that was all about engagement. That was all about keeping you on the app. 
right? Keeping you on the website that because it, you didn't used to have a news feed, right? Like there, Chris, their UX is you scroll. Yeah. Like it's never ending. That's it's infinite they don't need scroll. The, yeah, it's 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 like <laughs> got it. The bane of our technological existence. <laughs> yeah. God. <sighs> but guys, we're generating 1.21 page views. From the same article. From the same article. <laughs> what do you mean it's loading the page below it and counting that as an additional page? No. What do you mean they didn't read that article? No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I don't. I can't. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's not much else to it, right? Like it, it sucks, but it's just it, to me, it was that reinforcing Facebook's like, no, we're evil. We're totally cool being evil on the inside. We just haven't admitted it on the outside yet. So you know, a company that had that kind of pull back in the day, it was Yahoo. Sure. And um, Yahoo. I don't know how long they they were the uh, top one of the top spots on the internet. Yeah, um, nothing could touch them. We all thought. I think everybody thought nothing could touch them. Um, now look at them. So we'll see. Owned I mean, by I just, Verizon. I, yeah, I don't use Yahoo or I mean, uh, Facebook, so we'll see. So did you the hear thing- that they have a second whistleblower now? I I saw a uh, actually I was I was listening to the news before I got ready for the podcast a data scientist yes and apparently one who has been kind of out there just being like hey I'll testify against Facebook like anybody she's Asian well that's racist and it is racist because the white girl they listen to right <laughs> like <laughs> no you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, when Blondie, ro- when Blondie rolled out, they're like, "Oh, yeah." So, and then the cred- the credibility things. Oh, but she worked there. I wonder what they what they're gonna uh, do to this data scientist. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see as well. I'm sure that she never worked on anything important in the 15 years that she was at Facebook. They never made any changes to the app during her time there. And it turns out she didn't actually work there. She was just part of the janitorial service. <laughs> Was this like a secret of my success kind of deal where she just rolled into someone's office set up and was like, I'm the new data scientist. Get me charts and maps. <laughs> give me all your data. Yeah, give me all your data. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I just can't. But I, but I, I did go for the, I did pull the race card pretty quick on that one. When I saw it, I was <laughs> like, was Oh, quick. she's Asian. I, I did not wait. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> And that, I mean, honestly, that's about all I have for social media today. Like, there's not much else. Facebook's garbage. They're all crap. Stop using them. I'm still on them. I'm still promoting the crap out of stuff for our, our podcast. But the rest of you, stop it. Yeah. You should well, know you 1.2, 1.3 billion people are there. We're going to, like, hit you up. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to so. get all of you eventually. <laughs> Let's go talk about some sports. Yeah. Sports. Um. So I, there's not much going on in the sports world. Um, you know, like, I mean, 
football is just kind of boring. They're just playing games. Nobody's getting. Oh, wait, no, John Gruden. <laughs> this mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, going into this episode, I had already decided the title of this podcast will be John Gruden is a dumbass. And not because of the things that he thinks. Like, we all know that he's a dumbass for those reasons. He's a dumbass because he kept sending these emails to Bruce Allen at his work email. Like, these are things... I'm not saying you should think these things. But if you're one of those people who happens to think these things, you don't send them in emails to people's work email addresses. Like, these are things you say in person that when you after you're like nobody's recording this right (laughs) (laughs) i i always say man i want to know the i want to know where my racist people are at and i'm down with that i am like i i mean i'm glad that it happened right like i'm not sitting here saying like man i wish john gruden could have kept his job but there is an element of this like how stupid are you that i feel like needs to at least be like touched on so i did that we can move past that now how fucking racist misogynistic (laughs) and homophobic i mean it's like he sat there and said what are all of the progressive initiatives that the nfl are currently working on let me shit on every single one of them in order well to be fair let's find out what the percentage of what I just, I've, I mean, like, there was a time where I kind of liked John Gruden when he was doing, like, the Gruden QB camp stuff. It was really just the episode with Russell Wilson because he seemed to like Russell Wilson. 68.7% of the NFL in 2014. Yep. Yep. Let's see what about the NBA. Oh, that's higher than that. 74.2%. Also, did you realize that. Uh, John Gruden was coaching the only openly gay player in the NFL. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, like you can sit there and talk smack about Roger Goodell. Nobody likes him. We all don't like him. Like we all understand. He's just some figurehead. You could have called him a a pussy. You shouldn't have used the other, you know, word to define him, but like, you could have said whatever you wanted about Roger Goodell. Hell, you probably could have said whatever you wanted about most of the league's owners. And it wouldn't have been a big deal. But, like, at the end of the day, you're disparaging 70%, roughly, of your team, let alone the entire league. And then individual people on top of that. I just... And then what What honestly, like, really kind of frustrated me about it was the people that you saw caping up for him on ESPN prior to oh, the additional su- stuff coming out. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, but it still is, like... Doesn't, no, doesn't surprise me. Like, here, here, here's the... Oh, I just said it last week. The system is not broken. Yeah, it's not. It does exactly it's what it's worked. supposed to do. This is not a bug; it's a feature. Like, Did you watch Sunday Night Football? They had, like, I watched part of it. Tarico and all those guys on there. Mike Tarico, that I'm not black; I'm Italian guy. I yeah. <laughs> I read three articles about that guy because I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> 
But I saw it and I was like, yo, he's black though. <laughs> so I started Googling like, there's gotta be like more to this. And it was more yeah, and more. I'm like, more. dude, Bomani goes like, it's one of his favorite. T- he's like, are you kidding me? This dude's not black. <laughs> Yo, come on, yo. You know what hurt me about Tony Dungy. Tony effing Dungy. I just... That's... I mean, like... All right. No, you can't. No, he's off limits. All right. He's off limits. He's off limits. Like, there there is a... a, (laughs) I'm defending Tony Dungy because that's one of my dudes, man. There is a... But you heard what he said, right? No, actually, I didn't hear what he said. What do you say? I mean, he basically was just like, "I know John, and John's no racist," and I can't defend that. Um, he's a racist, right? Um, I, and John Gruden's attempted explanation. As a person, as a person with big lips, I was offended by that. No, no, <laughs> so no, no. no. Was... The rubber lips was not in reference to how big your lips are. <laughs> That's the term that he uses to refer to people Yo. who lie. A lot, yeah, lie like rubber. Like, yeah. Man, come on, yo. To, to black um, people who lie is what he meant to say. That's it. I, I, I don't. I, so I'm torn, right? Because like you can't be black and not expect like there's a unwritten rule. Like you kind of you don't you, you shouldn't be surprised when people say racist stuff. Right. Right. It, it's it's not. Like, you're, nobody should be that naive, unless you're. Uh, what's your boy uh, running for an office in in, um, in Georgia? Uh, Trump's boy. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Yeah, I went for. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, I can't think of his name. That's how unimportant. It is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen um, really carefully to bleep out that last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you snuck that in, right? In part of it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Yeah. Twice, uh, three. Th- ah, so much bleeping to do. Trump's boy. What's his What's his name? Uh, gosh, football player. Gosh. Oh, Herschel Walker. I didn't have to look it up. Oh, uh, okay. I I I just knew, like in the back of my mind, I just wanted to, like he. I took his black card. For somebody, I mean. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised, man. But I, I think the only way to get around that is to take the. I actually watched a video from the YouTuber Company Man mm-hmm. about the XFL and the ABA yeah. and how those things failed. And I'm thinking, but all right, they failed, but could it work? The XFL like, almost worked the second time around. And if it wasn't yeah. for the pandemic, I fully believe that they would still be around. I, I mean, I think that what if what if what if black people got like a out of the professional leagues? What if we just dipped out and started our own shit? You would make all of the racist day, except that they'd have garbage football to watch now. Yep. <laughs> Slow ass white wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got fifteen I mean... tight ends playing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would change all the rules. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, uh, and I know we've talked a lot about him, but yeah, I listen to him all the time, so he influences a lot of what I have to hear and, and think. 
But like Bomani talks about, you know, in the SEC, like you don't see white linebackers, white why is that white defensive backs, right? You why might see one on the defensive line, maybe, but mostly you see them at tight end, offensive line, and or quarterback. That's it. Those are the roles that are left for white guys in the NFL. <laughs> and you get the occasional like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Right? But his, his he's he got some good genes. His dad was a beast. Yeah. Um and, and I, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to park in the speed bump of John Gruden yeah. because he's not important to me. No, but, and, I mean um, it, it is you're absolutely right in that it like in the grand scheme of things, it is nothing more than a speed bump, right? Like John Gruden is not you know, he's not like and this isn't – I know you'll probably roll your eyes at this. but It's, it's like, like saying Bill Belichick. Well, I was going to say, it's not like Bill Belichick, right? Like if Bill Belichick yeah. had come out and said this stuff, it kind of wouldn't have been like, oh, snap. But this is John Gruden. Like John spent how much time out of the NFL and then came back thinking, like, I can run this thing. I've been sitting back watching these idiots, you know, <laughs> crap on themselves <laughs> for years now. And then he was like, I'm going to the Raiders because I like Derek Carr. <laughs> Yeah, this is boy, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that. I, I kind of, you know, it's, it's not a popular opinion, but, yo, just pull out and do your own thing. Yeah. Could LeBron, fund part of a league? Yep. Could I mean Would people? The the, the Lakers roster could. <laughs> easily. Right. Speaking of which, we haven't even talked yo. about your boy. Yo. Yo, yo, Carmelo! He's going home! He's going to win a championship this year! Yo, I almost I almost bought a jersey yesterday, <laughs> yo. <laughs> I just want to go on record to say that has to be the loudest moment on the Chris and Andre show ever. <laughs> yo, Melo's looking nice, B. I was like, Ooh. yo, that's my dude right there. Yo, Melo, I love you. You're like, you are one of my favorite basketball players of all time, man. <laughs> And if anybody deserves a ring, my dude, it's you, man. It's true. And I, I am pulling for you. I will be a Lakers fan if you get to the playoffs. And I, but I like LeBron too. So yeah. I'm not. So I'm a. You're not I'm anti fan. Lakers. I understand yeah. that. I mean, I was a Nuggets fan when when Melo was there. I mean, I got a Melo shirt. Like Melo's my dude, man. He's like, he, he's at like. He's there. He's, he's <laughs> I can't believe there. it took us this long to finally talk about. It. I completely I know, I man. about it. That's so funny. Yo, man, I'm so happy to see Mello like having a chance to shine. If he gets, I mean, hell, I got Denver sucking on me. Like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> he came back. He had his contusion or his concussion, and he was like, "No, I can still play. I can still play. Don't worry." But tell me, I tell me, I'm not right though. About what? His, his he's getting, he's he's probably a good quarterback. He probably needs this season. Right, here's what I'll say: if he can get through this season without any more injuries, right, from concussion on, mm-hmm. and settle down and play the game, he could be a great quarterback. Yes, I think at the end of the day, part of Brady, uh, Brady, Brady Tedgewaters, Teddy Bridgewaters. <laughs> issue is that he's constantly trying to prove himself yeah right like you are you're you're already at the dance yeah but he doesn't because he's got drew lock sitting behind him because he had what happened in minnesota where he got injured and then kirk cousins came in 
all of these things have just got, I think at the, and then like in Carolina, same thing, right? He got injured and then they brought in Sam Darnold and got rid of him. And so I think he's just constantly out there feeling like I got to do that extra 20%. Like I have to be willing to put my body on the line in order to show this team that like I'm willing to die for this in order for me to be even at the same level as these other guys. And it shouldn't be necessary. Not a, Q, not a QB. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm most teams don't, but, but, do you think that no. Vic Fangio was calling him into the into his office afterwards and being like, "Teddy, dude, you gotta stop running the no, ball I, like that." No, actually, I, I don't. I don't think he is. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like nobody's sitting there telling him, "No, you're good, man. Like you don't have to do that. We want you to be our quarterback." Yeah, we got Drew, but Drew's had his shot. You know, like you're Drew our didn't have a well, Drew did not have a clean. Yeah, shot. but you tell him whatever, right? I mean, you tell Teddy what Teddy needs to hear, so Teddy stops trying to kill himself out on the field. That's fair. But Denver's got two good quarterbacks in the waiting. They're gonna wait. They're gonna burn this kid out, Teddy. If you're listening, they're gonna burn you out. B, go out there and like watch the field, watch your reads. You've got the skill and the talent. We got don't the defense. Hurt. I mean, you don't have to yeah. go score fifty points. Like, yeah, you don't have to like you don't have to like fight for eighty percent of the game like most other teams do. Yeah, I mean that's that's the reality, but you're playing like I was afraid of. And that's that's all I got to say. Yeah. And then I got Russell Wilson. I'm over here worried about this dude's finger. Why are you worried about Russell team. Wilson's finger? Because I don't I don't think he's ready to retire. No, he's not he's ready gonna, to retire. If, he's going to keep playing. But he's got I'm Oh, you're worried he's going to like hurt himself? My gut's telling me they're going to move on from Russell. I I wouldn't be totally surprised. Honestly, like there's a lot more QB change going no, dude, on in just, the NFL right now than there has just, been. Just say, just say you're right. That's well, you no, I'm not say saying it. you're right. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know that Seattle lets Russell walk, but I do think that we're I, getting to a point where Russell is starting to get frustrated and doesn't really want to be in Seattle anymore. I think he's ready for a change of scenery. I think he looks at, I think he looks at Cincinnati and is like, you drafted this dude number one overall the year before, and the very next year he tells you, I want my teammate from LSU, and you draft him number one overall. I tell you, I want some freaking offensive line help, and you go draft an entire new defense. Well, I think he's got two years left. And I think that... In Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Overall, overall. You think Russell Wilson's only going to play for two more years? Yeah, I don't know where you place him after Seattle. You don't think that teams would come calling for Russell Wilson after Seattle? No. Because he's not going to be a good two-year man. Like, he's he's not the, he's not a transition quarterback. Basically, like I can't think of any roster that's got somebody sitting on the bench right now that they're they're trying to groom to be that next five-year player but you don't think teams would look at him i mean i'm not saying that russell wilson's on the same level as tom brady but as like somebody like an experienced veteran quarterback that's won a super bowl that we can bring in to come be the piece that we're missing i mean you don't think that like but he could go to denver and no i i you don't think he could go to las vegas he he could probably he could probably go to denver he could probably go to uh Trying to think of like a, a team that's got a good balance in offense and defense. Um, New Orleans, kind of ish. Yeah. Uh, the there's a lot. There's like the Panthers, kind of ish. 
right? Might actually because not he be would probably they got a pretty decent he defense. Might, yeah, and it might spread off some of the pressure on McCaffrey to run and get hurt and kill. Well, and see, I think that's part uh, of it for Russell too, though. Is that I think he's significantly less effective when he's less when he runs less. Not that I'm saying he should run more because I yeah. I know he's going to get killed, <laughs> but I'm just saying that I think that ultimately that played a huge role in his success early in the NFL. That his ability yes. to be mobile and his willingness yeah. to be mobile, and he's far less willing to dance around in the pocket doing those little like backspins and somersaults and stuff like that that he used to do back in the day that would buy him all this ridiculous time. And because they closed down the gaps pretty quickly now. Yeah. So that, those are things where it's like, I think he's probably got, and I could be wrong, but I think he's probably got a good two years light, three years strong left in the, in the league. I think he's going to be done. Um, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He would more or less want to go out with a, a positive light as opposed to, you know, uh, yeah, that remember when type of guy. Right. You remember. You you remember. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm worried about. I I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. So I'm, you know. I mean, look at the end of the day, like I'm not worried about Russell in the sense that Russell's going to do Russell like. He's going to take – I mean, like, I think he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. So I think he'll make the right decision. I think he – And Sierra's dope. Well, I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> I haven't heard that you got that at home to go to. Um, but, yeah, like, I think – I mean, ultimately, like, he's got the opportunity to do stuff other than football, too. Like – Yeah, except for that hair thing. He can't do that hair You don't like thing. the Jerry girl? No, he's out of South Point when he's Just let yourself <laughs> <laughs> speaking of silky smooth those red Sox, man talk about the most garbage crap on the planet they get it i i saw the tape so it was actually a clean call yeah. so they hit a homer but it bounced on the inside of the fence and bounced off at the defender yeah yep i was like shouldn't that be yo. a ground rule double how is that a homer i don't understand that no, it was a ground rule double. So the the runs they needed probably like took all the steam out of the uh, out of the socks. The Rays. And they come back up. No, it took all the mm. no, all the one out of the socks and the Rays came back and just cleaned up. First pitch. Boom. See ya. I am rooting for anybody that is not Boston right now. So <laughs> a few years a couple years ago I was rooting for the uh the Astros. <laughs> Because, because I just can't. Just root for the Dodgers. Oh, I can't do that. Stop it. Actually, or the White Sox. I probably the Dodgers because they used to be in Brooklyn. I know. So that's something you can get behind. They're traitors. Okay, so then what's wrong with the White Sox? Chi Town, baby. Deep dish. (laughs) I literally just named all the things wrong with Chi Town. Yeah. Let's go to business. <laughs> okay, but only because you said so. And because... There we go. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. Yeah, only one topic in business this week, and it's kind of interesting because i'm not entirely sure like where the blame lies in this but southwest airlines has canceled thousands and thousands of flights over the last several days um and 
there's basically you have the anti-vax mandate group that is saying it's because they require vaccinations of their pilots and staff and stuff like that. And so it's staffing shortages. I'd sit there and say, well, why aren't those people getting vaccinated? <laughs> I mean, right. if I'm a pilot or a co-pilot and I have to be in that tiny airlocked container with another individual for an hour, four hours, however long, like yeah. I'd not feeling i mean like i don't want to sit there with that dude if he's not vaccinated the whole time get your, get your jab yeah seriously it's, like how hard is this i just it's um i i went to a corner store yesterday and um i was talking to the clerk and i was like hey can i ask you a question i was like are you guys having a problem staffing this place he's like yeah he just went on and on and um it makes sense. Some jobs suck, right? Some jobs, even a pilot, they're they're probably like, I can do better than this. Sure. I mean, you're gonna f fly for somebody else, but yeah. Um, I don't know that it gets much better than being I, a pilot. I, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, dude, like you get to fly every day, or at least you know three, four days out of the week. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I just think that um, I like Southwest, like. <laughs> As, you know, as, yeah, as I don't have anything against Southwest Airlines. I'm just, you know, and I get that they're obviously in a bind, that, that this isn't something that they just like willy nilly were like, let's cancel thousands of flights and strand all of these passengers. That this was obviously something that popped up and that they're dealing with it the best way that they can. It's just, I guess part of me is just really sick and tired of the the rhetoric around it being, oh, let's point the finger at the vaccine mandates. Right, I, I yeah, I I don't. That's what I don't get is it's just like really like we're gonna make this about the vaccine, the people who are getting the vaccine, as opposed to making it about the anti-vaxxers. And maybe it's yeah, just a I, matter of you know nuance and semantics, but it seems kind of. So I don't know if you ever watch it. It's called Reliable Sources on CNN on Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. and um, Brian Coulter, I think, is his name. I can't remember. But uh, does a good job of talking That's about Ann's brother, role. right? Ann Coulter? <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't think there's any relation there. But <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, now you're making me fact check myself. Uh, reliable. I was just joking. I heard Coulter and immediately was like, wait, that last name sounds familiar. Where am no, I? No, Brian, Brian Stelter. Stelter, okay. Um, no relation. He, he does a good yeah no, no. <laughs> he does a good job of asking some of the of the right questions and one of the things that he talked about was uh or the the panel talked about was the media they typically talk about 600 employees at company x did not get a vaccine right and they they don't do the reverse part of the math it's less than 0.01 percent yeah absolutely uh, of the company so i think that may play into some of the anti-vaxxer uh, rhetoric and it also makes me lose a little bit more like compassion. Well, maybe, maybe compassion is not the right word. Yeah. If you want to quit your job, quit your job. I mean, I will deal with slower service. I will do Like we've gone to two restaurants over the last two weeks and the service has been awful. The food's been awful because they're short staffed. So uh, we'll pick up our daughter from, from college and we'll go out to eat on on that friday yeah. but it's like i don't know if i want to do this again because 
can't even make a salad anymore. Like I had a salad two weeks ago. Did they take the time Caesar to draw salad. faces on the mushrooms? Oh God, I would have <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that actually happened to a coworker of ours once at a certain eating establishment. And we waited for 45 minutes for our oh, food after placing our orders. Ever. And granted, I don't think we were waiting on our food because they were drawing faces on the salad mushrooms. Yes, yes we were. Yes, we were. Andre they certainly had time took to do it that, that way. And they didn't bring <laughs> us any extra napkins. And the waitress spilled the water on him. God. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so i i personally think and i'm you know I was looking at some stuff re- regarding uh supply chain we're 18 months behind on just generally being normal 18 months this this stuff is, i mean and it's like we talked about it last week a little bit that like the the oil spill in california is believed to have been caused by the huge stack up of container ships in the harbor. Essentially, like because they had some dude waiting around to unload his con- his container ship, he dragged his anchor across the pipeline and spilled all the oil all over Southern California. And I mean, I I guess like I'm still, I, I mean, it must be a staffing thing, right? That like they don't have the staff at the docks to be able to unload this stuff. I don't I don't right? know. Like that's I, what I, I can't think... understand. I don't understand where that piece specifically is breaking down because in my industry like we have customers who are sitting there saying we will only ship stuff once a container is full because we know the chances of it getting here and finally getting offloaded once that happens like we're not taking the risk of ha- of having to get another one of these sent over. Like we want to get it all done in one shot because we're we're worried about the logistics of actually getting these things offloaded and delivered when it's time. That's interesting. I, so last week we were going to talk about something else that's probably related to this. So where jobs actually are, right? Yeah. None of them, none of them are where people think they, they should be basically. They're actually more in service, service areas. Um, Entrepreneurship is, it's basically, it's stacked around service areas and restaurants logistics and <laughs> excluding restaurants. Um, I think logistics are probably having the same pains, right? Um, and, and I don't know a lot about the mechanics here, but I can tell you that I kind of don't think they're off when they're saying 18 months away from being back to normal. No, and it's not, and it's not that I don't think they're off. I guess I'm still just trying to understand like what is the root cause, right? Like I understood the root cause is a... jobs suck. Okay, but but so right, I, I, that's I what can't, I'm trying no, to it, but that's what I'm trying to I guess try to drill down on in this specific instance is let's take like the that the port in Southern California where we have where we see the the visual, right? Of like the sure the okay. container 25 ships right all backed up is it that they don't have enough workers on the dock to be able to unload that stuff is that it's a possibility so i think california raised their minimum wage to 18 dollars an hour but aren't those aren't those all union jobs to begin with because it's all dock that's that's where i'm pulling in the thread gotcha right so if if i'm if i'm bumping up the 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 salary i just had an epiphany go ahead yeah, if I'm bumping the salary here, why am I going to go to work for twenty bucks an hour when I can go to uh, a restaurant or wherever the person may go and make twenty bucks an hour? Or you have the union who's sitting there saying, "Oh, you need to get stuff unloaded. 
Cool. Our workers will do it for... 40 bucks. Yeah. Time and a half. Oh, what do yep. you mean it's not hazard pay? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Two and a half times now, right? Yep. <clears throat> so they're, they're, it, it's just a uh, cascading effect of, of stupidity. And that's why I keep saying, like, the more you... you See, and I could be wrong. No, but right. I, but I, I go, think... Yeah. I would like to clarify that this is all based on the conjecture of there not being enough people at the docks to be able to work. Like, and and that, right. but that's really the only thing that I can I can suss out as being the root cause of it. Like, I mean, the only other thing would be that they don't have enough truck drivers to then drive this the containers elsewhere. Right? Like, okay, that's not true because truck drive the truck driving industry has seen a boom in employment. Right. And even if the large organizations had dropped off, you have the individual entrepreneurs who run their own trucking companies that would jump at those opportunities to pick up those loads. Yep. So, I, I would, I would, I, I would probably be right in saying, mess around with this whole minimum wage thing, the way that we're doing it, where we're we're trying to do it in this whole, uh, almost a mandate. It, it's probably backfiring. In California, I hate to say it, as California goes, the rest of the country goes. And I'm not saying people don't deserve a better and fair rate and a, a comparable rate to. But it's about how are we actually going about doing it, right? Right. I mean, I think like we've maybe to some we degree beat this, beaten dead horse. This, this horse to death. <laughs> the, like the states need to enact their own minimum wage laws that reflect the cost of living within their own states. You cannot sit around and wait for the for the federal government to do that stuff. It's the same thing with healthcare. Stop waiting for them to do it. Go fix it yourselves. And then if you need to figure out how you send them the bill for it, like, you know, like, yeah. like that stuff happens all the time. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're basically, I, I think with this and you're probably right. Maybe, maybe it is a staffing issue. If it's a staffing issue, the root cause is because California just changed their, their minimum wage. And I, I want to fact check myself um, because I don't want to, I don't want to crap on California if I don't have to. California. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of. That, I didn't even click it. Oh, that it's time. fourteen bucks an hour. That's not enough. Yeah, it's fourteen bucks an hour. The current the current minimum wage is fourteen dollars per hour in California for all employers with twenty six or more employees. For employers with less than twenty six employees, the state minimum wage is thirteen bucks an hour. California employers must also comply with local laws governing minimum wage. So that could be a cluster. That is, so what's the biggest port in California? It's not San Diego, is it? Uh, probably. It's one of the biggest ones. It's either that or San Francisco. Part of Los Angeles. L.A. Got L.A. Um, L.A. Let's go have a taco and we'll surf in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy that's from California. <laughs> I'm from yeah. Northern California. Real mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got so wildfires and stuff. The average dock worker's salary in, in California is thirty-seven nine. 
as of September 27, 2021. I'm going to be honest. That's way less than I would have expected for a union job. Yeah, so that's probably, what, 16 bucks an hour? No, it's got to be like 13 or 14 bucks an hour. So... It's how much? 50-something? No, 36? 30, 30, 37. So let's just say 38. Calculator. 38K. Divided by... What is that? <laughs> so you get paid uh, 26 weeks. That's fourteen sixty one for twenty six weeks, divided by forty. Yeah, it's like thirty six bucks an hour. Wow. Yeah. Wait. Is that right? No, that, that can't, can't be, right. be right. Divided by two, it's eighteen bucks an hour. Yeah. So now I gotta now I gotta check your math. So thirty eight k. Right. Divided by... So if you're working 40 hours a week times 52 weeks, divided, right? Yeah. That's 2,080 hours. So 38,000 divided by, what did I say, 2,080? Yeah, 18 yeah, yeah. bucks an hour. Yeah. So that's part of the problem. They, they changed the minimum wage. <laughs> well, but wait, if the dock workers are getting paid 18 bucks an hour and the minimum wage is 14... What do you think the city and local may be there? right yeah i mean look i so so i'm just saying like it may not be the like pinpoint like that's a specific problem but i'm sure it plays like a good majority of the issue yeah is what i'm saying no that makes sense i mean we're the truth of the matter is we are um just constantly stepping on our own junk when it comes to this yeah you know like i was trying to not think of a really vulgar way to phrase it but and you have like three beeps two or three beeps. yeah but it, it makes sense so and that's just doing like back of the napkin math of like hey so if this is the average rate that these people are making this job it doesn't like it doesn't for four bucks an hour right doesn't make sense to go work at a dock. Although if I'll if go, I'm forklift certified, I'm probably getting more than that. Right. <laughs> so now you're at five bucks an hour difference, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But math becomes your enemy. It's like so I can actually probably go and work at Costco or or Sam's warehouse or whatever and make something very comparable to where if I'm losing like a hundred bucks a month but I can sleep or right. I'm not hurting my back. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of it too. Right. I think there's also been to some degree an awakening of the American workforce where it's like, I don't have to put up with a crappy job that, that physically right. destroys me or prevents me from sleeping at night anymore. Like I'm not beholden to the stuff that's right here in front of me. I have the opportunity to go out and get something else. And so if you're working remotely from home, being able to do customer service or, account management or any of those other jobs that are not requiring you to be on your feet 24 seven or lifting heavy stuff and those sorts of things. Right. I mean, like or, talk or about working UPS. At two o'clock in the morning. Sure. Yeah. That <laughs> like, too. Yeah. I mean, UPS is one of those jobs, right? Where it used to be like, Oh man, you go to UPS and you get, you work there for a couple of years and like you're set for life. And now it's like, man, if you can make it more than six weeks, you're lucky. 
You yeah. know, like you're basically promoted to management at that point because you're the only one left. Yeah. <laughs> and, all, and all that stress, right? So, and if you think about that, even let's say dock workers are, they are, most, most of them are union jobs. Yeah. It's like you have to pay dues, right? So the $200 less you're making, that was the dues. Yeah. So why would I go back there? Uh, I mean, and we've talked about unions in the past. I personally don't think that the, I, I mean, unions are a lot like socialism, right? In theory, they're great. In practice, they suck because people are greedy. Yeah. It's like politics. Saying, like, I mean, politics is the same thing, right? In theory, it's great. In practice, it sucks because once you elect these people, they're like, oh, I'm different from you now and I don't have to play by the same rules. Like, that's where we end um, up with this crap. So I just, I just Googled something. How much do longshoremen make, right? And basically, what about the shorter you, ones? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they do get paid short. So the hourly wage, so the 25th percentile, mm -hmm. right? 29.5 a year, 14, $14 an hour. Average, 51826 25 bucks an hour. It's not bad. 75th. 75th percentile, 61K, 29 bucks an hour. Top earners, 96.5, 46 bucks an hour. And I'm just going to say that most people are probably right below the average. Yeah. They're probably in the 37,000 a year. I, I think that... I think the federal minimum wage debate is going to be... It's needed, but it's going to be executed in a way that's very poor for the economy as a whole. And I'm not just talking about the economy on Wall Street. I'm talking about the economy at your local grocery. But do you think that so, we're, part of that is because we're getting to a point where executing almost anything at the federal level is being done poorly? Sure. Right. Like I, I feel like to some degree the country has gotten so oversaturated that it's really difficult for us to execute a one-size-fits-all program at the federal level for almost anything at this at this juncture. I don't I don't disagree. I heard a congresswoman say a couple weeks ago that the problem that what they're trying to do with the three point five trillion dollar like soft infrastructure bill is to reduce bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Because what when we add those extra layers it costs us like thirty to forty percent more to execute. Right. That's not necessarily wrong, but it makes me think that maybe what you're trying to pull off isn't the right thing then uh, i still so i come actually, back to it and maybe we should dive into politics real quick before we go too far sure. down this road it's time for politics i was just remembering back to what i recorded myself going <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, those are professional sound effects. That's right. 100% <laughs> professional. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that um, that actually gives credence to what uh, Manchin keeps talking about in the $3.5 But I think he's still wrong. So uh, I, I, I wanted to come back to the thing that I think you have been talking about a bunch, which is like, you have the win in front of you. Why aren't you taking it? Right? Don't put everything into the $3.5 trillion bill, right? Break it up into smaller pieces. Take the one point whatever, the 2.2 that they're offering, 
secure what you can and come back and fight for the rest on another day. Like, why are we sitting here making it? It's all or nothing. Either Republicans want to help infrastructure or they don't. Like, I do understand that Republicans aren't going to right off the bat go, yeah, here's three point five trillion dollars. Go go have fun. Right. Like, I get that. So. So your plan either needed to be it's three point five. No, it's not. It's really two. And when I get two point two, I'm going to be thrilled over the moon. Right. Or it had to be I'm coming to get some of it and I'll be back for the rest of it later. Like like Omar's coming kind of. I, I think <laughs> I think the problem is is um, I don't want to say a lack of leadership. I think it's just a an absence of leadership. No the abdication of leaders. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to sound racist. I think that's the way white people do in business when it comes to negotiations. Sure. Right. Um, it it is kind of all or nothing as opposed to what are we trying to accomplish it's a cultural problem that's i i mean i'm not i look i'm i'm disagreeing without really disagreeing like i think yes generally that's probably very accurate amongst white business folk my disagreement is that Uh, i I don't look at it that way but i understand that i am not i am not the average white business person so yeah, the, the committees that we're talking about, they're all headed by the same types of people. Yeah. And I think that is a... a that's Matt Gaetz. It's an... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's baked in. That's how they do deals. Yeah, right? uh, I mean, it's um, how anything gets done in Congress, right? Like, there's nothing that yeah. isn't done with kickbacks and earmarks and all of this other stuff that are done specifically to benefit somebody. Nothing gets done that isn't benefiting somebody somewhere. And and yeah, I don't the idea, mean the end user that it's actually designed to benefit. Like, yeah, it's it's something that I can put on my you know my trophy board. I won this deal. A, as a, so, can we just agree that Facebook and our U.S. government are basically the same thing? <laughs> where they're pretending to serve one group while actually serving another, and all improvements and benefits and changes are done to serve that other group while pretending that it's really for the benefit of the rest of us. I, I like that. I like that. I think uh, that could be the title of a segment. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm not trying again. Like I'm going to stop giving this disclaimer. I'm not racist. I don't play the race. Card. I don't have I don't a racial like bone card. in my body. Oh, I, I do. I have a lot. <laughs> that was one of John Gruden's uh, comments. Yeah, you know, yeah. the moment that you come out with either I don't have a racist bone in my body or I'm the least racist person in the room, you are definitely a racist. Like, yeah, you're a racist. Yeah. You're literally admitting I, I, some level of race with the second one there. So I try not to say this in public because people try to use it against me, right? I, I understand racial bias. Just to be clear, this is a very public forum that you're using right now. <laughs> yeah. I understand racial bias. Like I'd be lying to myself because I have bias, right? But I have bias, positive and negative. Like I can, I can be like, yo, I'm with my people. And like, yeah, turn up. Right. But then I can also be like, yo, I'm with my people. And they're like, reel that back in. But it's, there's a principle I've been working on trying to understand better. It's the principle of acceptance. Right. If I can accept said environment or set, whatever the situation is, what do I do next? Because the more I fight against it, I'm going to do things that are contrary to make it a positive experience. 
the more I accept it, I can actually be open to the inputs that are coming in around me and I can, I can, I can manage to deal with the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think our politicians, like number one, they, like, you know, whether it's Lindsey Graham or, or the Republican party in general, yeah. they have, they're having a problem with accepting the fact that there, there's a, a contingent of their party that is not fact-based or even grounded anywhere remotely in reality. And they just, they cater to that because they're the loudest people in the room right. without thinking about, uh, so for on, on the opposite of that, I heard this, uh, pundit say that if Democrats don't do something big now, they'll never have control that their words, not mine right. for the next 10 years. It's not about control right. and it's not even about the next 10 years. It's about the next 25 to 30. And the, the short sightedness of that way of thinking, it's detrimental. It's detrimental to everybody outside of that circle. What you're going to end up doing is rushing into something a la ACA and right. doing it in a way that isn't actually as beneficial as it should be, right? That right. isn't as incapable of being torn apart by the next president or the next regime. And that becomes the main thing, yeah. right? How do we take down the ACA? Yeah. Well, you, you want to, but the people that are actually benefiting from that are actually a vast majority of your voters, your constituents, yeah. even if they don't even realize it. Yeah. But they will when it all goes away. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. So this, this term to term thinking is just stupid. It's like the dumbest thing. But ever. it's, like I the, mean, I feel the, like that's part of where we've ended up in this, in this cycle, right? Is it's, it is this term to term thinking when it comes to politics and it's all just, how do we get to the next reelection? How do we get to the next? I mean, and it's not even, you know, like if, if you get two terms with Obama, it was, well, how do we get, you know, Hillary Clinton elected? It was, you know, how do we, how right. do we maintain and move forward with the, the quote unquote progressive movement? And, um, I, how's that working out for us? It's, it's great. No, it's fantastic. Well. Don't ask questions. Move forward. <laughs> Um, so but here, it goes to the two points that you you put in the notes. It's like uh, the vaccines. Why are we talking about vaccines? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, why is that even a conversation? It's like, look, either do or don't. If you don't, we will continue to, like, you know, blanket you with the message of why you should. But if you choose not to, that's on you. Understand right. that it will make your life significantly more difficult, right? Exactly. Because we're not willing to make the rest of our lives that more difficult simply because you refuse to follow the rules. But are they even rules? No, it's not it's even almost rules. It's like... more like guidelines. <laughs> right. That's that's my point. The federal government literally cannot make you do X, Y, and Z. No. Mandates are mandates, but they're not... Not woman dates. not all encompassing. Oh, dude, I, I, I think I might have to go to law school, man, because I would, I would fund my own adventure just to have some of these stupid arguments. I wouldn't put that evil on you, Ricky Bobby. I mean, I, I want to play chicken and see all the chickens fall out of the truck. You, I mean, that's, well, that's at all. the end of the day, you're going to have a lot of dead chickens, according to Senator Ted Cruz. I mean, so my point... I say all that to say this. It's like, look, you can get the soundbite to make it like support your, your weak position yeah. all day long. 
but why are we talking about mandates? Why are, why are we talking about vaccines? Like, don't get vaccinated. Okay. Right? I think the problem, the problem that we're having is the same people who won't get vaccinated won't wear a mask and they won't stay home. And so they're continuing to perpetuate this virus that the rest of us would just as soon figure out how we move past. And so, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm just saying from my perspective, I think that's part of the issue. Right. Is we're we're all kind of sitting here going like, well, why won't the rest of you just get with it? And I, I'll challenge I'll challenge that way of thinking. Okay. Right. As a person that wears a mask and I went to the grocery today and not everybody there was wearing a mask. I, I just stood away from them. like sure. I physically moved away from them. I had no reservations about doing that, nor did I care about their well being. Right. I'm with you on I don't, that. It's just I, I don't need to have the conversation with like Billy and Jane stupid. Now, the thing that makes me kind of question even my own way of thinking is that there's a lady in Wisconsin that's suing a school district because her kid got sick with COVID. And I think they're like just off the I only listened to the, the headline. Um, it's not a good situation for their kid. So I respect that. It's like, all right, that makes sense. But it, we're having the it's like with your seven year old, right? She's eight this now, is but... it's shit. Yeah, it's you're right. I have to remember that. Um, it's like with your eight year old. When you say don't do this, what do they do? They, they do right. Like the thing the exact opposite. Right. Um, that's what we're, we're, it's not that complicated. We're, that's what we're dealing so with. So basically at this saying, point, we need to stop. We need to start telling people the vaccine is bad. Do not get the vaccine. It might give you <laughs> mutant superpowers. We don't think so, but it could. So please don't, whatever you do, do not take the vaccine. Because you don't want to be Spider-Man. Right. Or we can do the PSAs. People that have... Um, a certain level of common sense and like and they're reasonable, they'll do it. And the other ones, I mean, you've provided them the option. They choose not to do it. These are the same yeah. people that say you, you give poor people free stuff and you, you'll keep them poor the rest of their lives. Okay. You're the same people that do that. I'm going to take your same argument and use it against you with your own like life. I mean, I think that's a very Look, fair assessment. Honestly, like I'm, I don't have any argument against it. <laughs> I'm just say, I'm just saying these are the same people that say and and most of them the most the loudest people or the people that we hear make that argument are typically poor. Yeah. Like they're they're the ones complaining about welfare and you know blah 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 and this person's taking my okay, I will take the same argument and use it with like the vaccines. Hey, I'll put this PSA out there if you want to if you want to follow the recommendations, you do. If you don't, who be mad at who? But to have that conversation with them, now I'm the now I'm the target of their frustration. I don't want to be the target of your frustration. Right. I, I refuse. And and I think we as a country, now I get the the different levels of leadership, like the president, et cetera, et cetera. I, I know they're they're doing their job. But I would just change my tactics. I'm like, no, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I put this mandate through for OSHA because collectively I'm responsible for that. I may not be directly responsible, but you're, indirectly I'm responsible for it. Just like indirectly he's responsible for Afghanistan. Indirectly he's, he's responsible for the 700,000 plus deaths with COVID. Yeah. 
But right? but right, like the at the end of the day, bring together the governors, right? Bring together the state legislatures right. and say, hey, guys, you know, we want to work together to figure out how to make this happen. This is what I'm doing at the federal level. This is what I'd like to see you doing at the state level. Figure out how we can help you make that happen. These are my recommendations. Yeah, exactly. Right? Remember how I, t I would tell you, like, hey, if you're spending too much time here, you're wasting your time. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't spend so much time trying to coax the the American, you know, citizenship to change their behaviors. I'm going to talk to the people that run that actual state. And if you don't want to participate, South Dakota. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Texas, Florida. So that's where I'm like, I guess I'm going next because it is next on the list, but... Our favorite governor, uh, Greg Abbott, who, gosh, was it? No, I guess it was Ron DeSantis that we wrote the letter to Harvard Law School yeah. about. Um, I tagged them, by the way. I, I tagged Harvard Law School in those posts <laughs> when I posted it on. I didn't hear anything back. Apparently, they don't care. Um, but yeah, you got Greg Abbott, who is now banning all vaccine mandates, which seems like a mandate in and of itself. Like he's mandating that there are no vaccine mandates. So does that technically violate his own mandate? Uh, well, it's an executive order. Okay. So technically, no. <laughs> does it exact? Does it violate his own executive order? <laughs> 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 no, but I, 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 I mean, I, like I, you know, it's one thing to sit there and say, "Hey, we're not at the governmental level, right? At the government, we are at the state government level." We're not going to have a va vaccine mandate. I have decided that I am not going to enforce any sort of vaccine mandate. My recommendation to the local governments is also for them not to have a vaccine mandate. But I'm not going to issue a ban. I'm not going to tell private businesses what it is that they should be doing. Like, that's where I, 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 I guess I'm so befuddled by the selected by the cherry picking of rights that are violated or not by certain actions, right? Because they want it both ways. Right. Right? Like a bisexual. I, sure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, okay. They want it both ways. They want they want it they they want to put on the face that they understand these individual freedoms and rights like they're libertarians. Yeah. But at the same time, they're big government. Um, they're they big literally government. are big government. Yeah, it's like you can't have it both. You ways, almost guys. have like the it, word government in your title. <laughs> 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 but with DeSantis and Abbott, it's like they're 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 trying to figure out who can do a wrap around Donald Trump first, yeah. like. It makes no sense. It's like DeSantis does it, then like two weeks later, Abbott does it. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Part of it is that I think that, you know, the GOP has identified Florida and Texas as the, the proving grounds for their craziness. Like, if we can get it through there, then it might just be crazy enough to get to some other GOP people. Well, here's what I'll say. And then I, I want to, like, yeah, back away from this because, like, I'll, my head will No, you're good. Out. I understand. It's it's a self fulfilling prophecy. We give so much credence to uh, Iowa, right? When in presidential campaigns, yeah, that makes sense. Trump does, yeah, because like five people live in no, Iowa. No, our whole country is literally nothing but Iowa. Like Iowa is right. the perfect representation of the rest of the United States. They are the best um, 
what do you call it? Like, uh, is it when you get like a little picture? Uh, never mind. Snapchat. Yeah, there you go. That works. Okay. Yeah, they are the perfect snapshot of American life in Iowa. Yeah. Corn, yeah. cattle, football, America. <laughs> <laughs> Tractors. Tractors. So Trump does a campaign there over the weekend, and uh, not just a campaign, but a rally. A rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> who cares? Nobody there even cared. That was, I think, that was my favorite part. Was the fact that the people who were there were finding it really hard to get excited about literally anything that he was talking about because it's yeah. the same garbage he was spouting at the last election campaign that he ran, where it's like they're gonna steal this election from me, and the vaccine's not that bad because I made it, but don't go get it, and COVID's just a hoax <laughs> from China, but they're gonna kill you with it, and oh by the way, they stole the election from me. <laughs> It's it's just like. It, here, I hope Jordan Klepper was there. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see an interview with him and Donald Trump. Oh, he would destroy. That Donald would be Trump. great. He would destroy. I I think that the uh, complacency is a, is an issue that could become like a danger for people that are not pro Trump. Sure. Right? extremism is an issue and and that that's from both sides yeah. because most people don't live in the extremes and thirdly i believe that um like people are developing a level of cognitive disassociation with people that don't agree with them on both sides like we we have a lot of things in common but we're we're choosing to completely separate ourselves from the things that we don't like like super quick and i think it's one of those things I, right like at the end of the day I, I had this thought the other day there's you know moving down to the beach there's a house a couple of blocks down the street and they've got trump banners and flags and stuff all over the yes yeah, i, I right? saw it. and they've got a, they're nice people yeah well no, no, so that's down the street from my folks <laughs> this is down the street oh. from my actual house down here there's another oh. one where he's got like Trump 2024 uh, stuff in the yard already and a Confederate flag that flies out front. And the first few times that I drove by, right, my initial thought was I really want to flip this guy the bird when he's out there mowing his lawn or come over and smash his signs or burn his flag and that'll show him. And then I thought, no, all that's going to do is ultimately reinforce these beliefs that he has right he's gonna sit there and say man i gotta get more trump signs i need more confederate flags and so it's not like i'm going to go identify and be like you're my best friend and everything you believe is what i'm gonna believe from now on but i'm much more likely to make a difference by befriending this person than i am by ostracizing them and distancing myself from them and making them feel alone and secluded and and pushing them into other people who think just like they do right like, I'm better off figuring out how to build a bridge. And maybe I never, you know, like, change this guy's mind on anything. But at least I tried, right? Like, I... it, it, it proves the point that people don't go on social media because, like, they like the buttons. It's because people have this innate feeling that they need to be understood, right? So, like, um, I, I watched a documentary a few years ago about white supremacists, and it was kind of, 
it kind of reinforced my feeling of that people are alone. Like even with other people, they typically feel alone. Yeah. There, there are things that psychologically, emotionally that we need and, or we can't express for whatever reason. And that's why they gravitate to things that it, it doesn't define them as a person, but they can relate to right. it. That um, gives them that sense of community and understanding. Right. And that's where we, as a society, I, I kind of see that we, we, uh, we've abandoned that empathy to understand that and to relate to that because we've all picked our own tribes. Um, that's why it bothers me that Christians or people that say they're Christians or followers of Christ can buy into this nonsense that is systematically within that faith wrong. Uh, like the Lieutenant governor of our state, you know, calling, uh, uh, LGBTQ IA people and members of that community filth. And it's just like, well, and he did it in a church. I'm like, everything you're doing, like where you're at, what you're trying to espout is all wrong. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't equate, yeah. it does not compute. Um, so I, I think that there's, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see that people struggle with this. It's interesting. It was interesting to uh, watch the, uh, this week in Google from the twit network mm -hmm. about, um, Facebook and how to fix it yeah. because even that in and of itself, we're going to have people that actually are involved in this, you know, in that world consistently struggle to have the dialogue. Yeah. And that was, that was interesting to me. It's, it's just like, yeah, but you're both giving up. Yeah. You're, you're saying his point is what it is and you don't want to have a conversation. Oh, you because love you've Facebook. Decided. So let's just stop talking. Don't even bother being on yeah. the show because you love Facebook. <laughs> And I, I mean, yeah, like, I'm glad that obviously they didn't, it wasn't like they booted the other guy off the show because I think it's one of the, right, like, even on here, I would not hesitate to have a guest that disagrees with what we feel, right, or what we, what we think, because ultimately, like, that's where your critical thinking comes in, having your viewpoint challenged, having people ask questions, having to, I mean, not like defend, but, you know, like having to having to think critically about the, the decisions that you've made and the choices that you've made in your life and where you kind of stand on those things, like on a re regular basis is what keeps your, your viewpoint fresh. It it prevents it from being outdated, from being stale, from not. I just it just keeps you from being irrelevant. Yeah. Right? So we've we've talked about critical thinking for months yeah. now. What's interesting to me is that when I, I listen to the news, guess what's the number one topic? Critical thinking. I I don't know what episode it was when I was just like, hey, we don't do that necessarily anymore. That's not something that we teach our kids anymore. Um, and we wonder why we have this hive mind. Yeah. We wonder why uh, people are so susceptible to like have groupthink or to, you know, the, the FOMO. What is it? Yeah. Fear of missing, Fear of missing out. out. Syndrome. You got it. Yeah. So there, there's just a matter of like, all those things are, they're the symptoms of, of something bigger yeah. where we're changing. You don't need left progressives, radical or whatever, or right wing, like uh, radical whatevers to change or shape the society. If 
you eliminate people's ability and their comfort level of asking questions or to explore the questions they have or to come to logical conclusions to anything. Those groups are just like, they're the icing on the cake. You've already disrupted society. When you get a whole bunch of people that just kind of say, well, that's hard or that's challenging or difficult. I don't want to talk about it. Then you've won. Whoever, whatever the power is behind that, they won. Um, and congratulations, and, Mur- and I'll say Rupert this. Murdoch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a winner. Um, and for the people of faith out there, there's a uh, like. There are two word studies in the Bible that people often quote. The the number of times money or finances are a reference, but there's another one that uh, like Bible scholars like often float around. There's the word knowledge and its synonyms, right? And there's one verse I, I, I constantly remember. It's in the in the book of Job. And if you ever read the book of Job, like you can't read it with a beer because you get depressed. But in uh, the book of Hosea, in the beer. In the book of in <laughs> <laughs> the in the in uh, Hosea, it's actually even worse. If you ever read Hosea, it's about a guy that. Uh, his wife is a prostitute. She cheats on him and she leaves him. He's just miserable. It's like a very not fun thing to study. Like, But in those two books, the word knowledge and knowing things and how people, societies fall apart because their unwillingness to learn anymore is the root cause. And I, I do see that parallel yeah. in our lovely society. Very much so. So... We'd just rather bury well, our head in the sands and pretend like we don't know what's going on. <laughs> just a bunch of ostriches, I guess. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are super glad you joined us today. Um, it's Chris, it's good talking to you. Dude. Always, like, man. Uh, I mean, this is why we do this. Like, It's yeah. not even about publishing episodes as much as I've enjoyed doing that over the last week. Um, for the, oh, we got to talk more about that. Next yeah, week, we definitely though. will. But you, you guys will probably have noticed we've been publishing a bunch of old episodes lately, so we're finally getting caught up. Um, we are actually caught up. I think we still have our three uh, lost episodes from way back when that I may someday go unearth and uh, edit. But for right now, I think like I'm pretty content to just continue to move forward with where we are. Um, we'll try and do some more shorter clips of stuff because I know that that's been pretty popular. I definitely like, I have to go back from some of the previous episodes and cut out all this stuff. We, the crap we talk about Elon Musk and Tesla so we can get some more fanboys chirping at us on the Facebooks and, uh, and the YouTubes. But, um, no, I mean, Andre's right. Like at the end of the day, as much as we do this for ourselves, it's, it's so rewarding and, uh, such a, a pick me up for me to see, continued engagement and traffic with our content um you know even if it's just a few of you out there who are watching and listening and and enjoying we really appreciate it like it it makes it that much easier for us to get up and do this every week because we know that there's somebody out there somewhere who's who's listening and enjoying it and hopefully getting some benefit from from this and hopefully these are conversations that you guys are having with your friends and your family and and you know not saying that this is too hard um know that that this conversation isn't something that i want to have and and being able to to just ask those questions and move forward with 
making the whole world a better place for the rest of us. That's the only way we're going to do that. That's very like pie in the sky. It was very, I don't know. I didn't like the way I was wrapping that up, but you fix it. Well, it's not pie in the sky. It's super, <laughs> it's super easy. Barely, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> it's just a matter of like, you know, uh, one of the things that if you look at throughout history and great societies, great democracies and, or just in general, like empires, they always had a sense of, the magic was was within the dialogue and once the dialogue disappeared typically not too long thereafter the society fell apart rome greece uh uh the huns there's there's a lot of i can give a lot of examples but those threads i mean you pull them right you you have to have people that are willing to ask the the right questions they're not necessarily tough but it's the hey chris I don't know if I'd like that, or I don't know if I agree with that, or, and these are conversations that, you know, they're public, but they're the ones that are, they cover 90% of the things that we would talk about in person. Yep. Um, there's some things that are off the books, off the record, but we, I love doing this. I, you know, I like the fact that we have video, uh, audio, you can check us out on a lot of different things. So that's dope. So we use my geek brain and his um, his creative skills to make this thing work. He, he just did that. Those are my creative <laughs> fingers. <laughs> and we, sorry, we we do these things to help each other to be better men and husbands and fathers and um, you know hopefully better friends to other people. And it, you may not get a chance to talk to us, but hopefully we you know earned that spot where you'd be like, hey, those guys probably talked about Dave Chappelle because I thought that was an important conversation. Yeah. And the voice that wasn't heard in that particular thing was like, no, listen to the whole thing. Like follow the bouncing ball all the way to the end of the sentence. And for those of you that don't know that reference, you're obviously a lot younger than I am. But anyway, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, uh, tune in. And if you have a RSS reader in some type of app, like I use Plex, and just we on our website at chrisandandreshow.com, we have a link to our RSS feed. Plug it into your uh, your preferred app, and you can listen to all the up episodes there. Get updates when they're you know newly and done. Uh, we have not been writing on our website, but that website is chrisandandreshow.com. You can always hit me up at Andre at Chris and Andre show. And I'm Chris dot com and at Chris and Andre show dot com. <laughs> uh, the social medias, there is Chris and Andre on Facebook and Twitter at Chris and Andre and Instagram and to be quite and Instagram. But Andre is not messing with those. No, but Chris has been all sense. about that lately. But all it is is really publishing uh, new episodes. So if that's something if that's a better way for you to get like updates and stuff on notifications or that's just how you like to kind of see what's been going on with us feel free to follow us on facebook twitter instagram those are the three that we really uh populate regularly so cool and you know what um as always i'm on i'm still chris <laughs> i swear still to God. after 78 episodes <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> it's never stopped me before.